can you ask God to send his light to your heart as we share his word? If light from God does not come, you will only end up wasting the Sunday morning service. Can you beg God, let there be light in my own heart as your word comes? May it come with light to my heart. May I not be walking in darkness this, this morning. May your light dispel every dark point in my heart. So that the word of God will have a place. So that I can be that that you expect me to be. One of the things that darkness does to our heart is to to, to refuse God's word a place. Can you beg God this morning? Do something. You heard the prophecy. Do something in my, in my life this morning. Even if I've been assuming I'm alright, do something this morning. Let there be light. Show me myself. Show myself to me. And help me to turn around. In Jesus' name we pray. And so, Father, this morning, thank you. It's only you that can bring light to our heart through your word. May this be our portions. Every one of us this morning, as you have already come in here to help us. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name. We have prayed. Praise the Lord. Our topic this morning is pressing on in integrity. Pressing on in integrity. We have seen God God day for the the remaining part of the yeah, you are going to see different areas of pressing on. But this morning, we are only looking at in integrity. And our passage is taken from Second Kings, where we have just read chapter 12, verse 15. That's where we are talking from. He said, Moreover, they reckoned not with the men into whose hand they delivered the money to be bestowed on workmen, for they dealt faithfully. For they dealt faithfully. These men, to which money was given, to give over to the workmen were very faithful. It's as though they were looking at God. And because of the integrity of their heart, nobody said, give us account. Do you know that this is one area that we are failing? Even in the things of God. And can you imagine when you fail, when it has to do with God's things? I don't know what you'll be thinking about yourself. If somebody, for example, he said, okay, let's do this, go and get it. And he thinks that's the time to make money. And he comes and he's not faithful. He's not honest. When will you make restitution? These men, nobody asks them for an account. But the record says they did what? They dealt faithfully. There was a brother somewhere 
he was attracted to because he was a brother. And he was to supervise a building project. That brother, you know, let me talk a little bit in a way you will understand. The first time he said that each partition was so and so amount. That's what they used to do it. And I believed him. Why? Why? Because he's a brother. He said he will be the one to pay the workers. Said, no problem. I gave him the money. He gave me his own supervising charge. I paid him. Only for me to realize that, number one, what he was paying them was half of what he told me was a cost. Number two, he wasn't even faithfully paying them that very half. So I came to the site one day. They were complaining. He hasn't paid us. We are not working. I said, ah, why? See, the one, what is to pay us, is not given to us. Sir, can you pay us directly? I said, how much is your bill? That's when I knew that it was half. Is that integrity? Yet he's a brother. If you notice here, did you remember that different artisans were mentioned here? It's so bad. What goes on when somebody comes to us because we're a Christian, yet we're not faithful? It's very bad. Integrity demands that your year is your yes. Is it not so? Faithfulness demands that your no is your no. I have realized that God is afraid of somebody that doesn't have integrity. I'm taking it easy so that you understand. God is what? Doesn't come near. Because you can sell him if it is possible. But nobody can sell God. Faithfulness is so vital if we must move forward. If we must press to the mark. You cannot remove faithfulness except you are not aiming to go to heaven. Brethren, are you hearing me? You can never divorce that from your life. God has ever looked for that if you check all the men, all the men, all the men that have made it, this was a vital ingredient. And so that's why, let's look at First Corinthians chapter 4. Are we there? You will follow me carefully through the word of God. Verse 1 said, Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let a man so account of us as he looks at us, he sees us as the ministers of God. But what surprised me there, did you notice that there's an ant? Huh? There is the ministers of Christ. I notice that God is not worried about that. And there is the stewards of the mysteries of God. Have you seen that there now? 
you notice that there is the ministers of Christ and there is the stewards of what? Mysteries of God. That is why you notice in verse 2, he said, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Moreover, it is required in ministers of Christ. Eh? What is the matter here? Is it to be a minister of Christ? That's why you see so many ministers, so many ministers, and you cannot pin them on anything about integrity of life. God is not worried about that. That is why you have so many fake preachers. When they tell you go this way, you are going, you know they are saying the other way. The issue with God is not about ministering. It is about stewards of the mysteries of God. You notice that that is a weighty matter. Stewards of what? The secrets of God. These are the people that God is looking for. Those who value his secrets. Those who are faithful to that. Did you notice that the people we read about in Second Kings, because God was involved, they gave the account to God. God approved it. They held the mysteries of God. They represented God well. What God is challenging us this morning is a very deliberate representation of Him wherever we are found. What God has given to you, if you are a child of God, is His secrets. How many of us tell lies with phone? He said, I'm coming, I'm already there. You have not taken off. Because the person on that end doesn't see you. You are in Enugu, where are you? I'm in Lagos. Yet, you are seated here. Before God. This morning, what is it? That is integrity. The basic meaning of integrity in the Old Testament is soundness of character. Soundness of what? And adherence to moral principle. Our character must be sound, but that's another topic altogether. When you say this, it has to be that. It means uprightness. Integrity means what? Uprightness. We'll be talking about that later. And honesty, it means sincerity, it means singleness of purpose, uprightness, honesty, sincerity. I'm wondering sometimes the difference between sincerity and honesty. But, do you know surprisingly, when we write, maybe application says, sincerely yours. What are we saying? What I have just written, <laughs> I am sincere about it. Yet you have told lies in that you have written. Uh, singleness of purpose. Let's see one or two men and then we'll move on. Let's see Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. Get the message Bible ready for us. 
keep in standby. Genesis chapter 6. Verse 9. He said, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Verse 9. Now, the message says, if you look on the screen, this is the story of Noah. Noah was a good man, a man of integrity in his community. Noah walked with God. Did you see integrity there? Alright. Now, that verse 9. You know that God had decided to wipe off everybody. Everybody was to go. Because of the iniquity that was in their heart and in the land. And as God took that decision, listen very carefully. Verse 8, he said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah, his life was a pleasure to him. What was the secret behind that? Integrity. Uprightness. Even though everybody was bad in the community, Noah chose to be different. Will you choose to be different this morning? Will you choose not to be carried away by the the evil of the society? Noah stood with God and chose to be different. My children, are you hearing me? He decided that no, he will be upright. No. So that's why you see in King James in verse 9, he says, these are the generations of Noah. What should have followed? It should have been verse 10. If he said, these are the generations of Noah, what should have been the generation? Verse 10. And Noah begat three sons. That should have been the generation. Did you notice there is a comma? He seemed to be saying, let me tell you who Noah is. That's what God seemed to be saying. Let me introduce him to you. Let me tell you why he found grace. Before bringing the generations, what did he now say? He said, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. I beginning to realize that God cannot walk with a man that is not upright. God cannot walk with a man that is not upright. Please pay attention. This thing is disturbing my own heart. And did you notice that God actually walked with him? Did God destroy him? No. You know, God's presence was so much that he could collect all the animals two by two. Into the, into the, did he collect a lion? Did the lion follow him? Why didn't the lion destroy him? God was with him. Did, did he collect happy? <laughs> Why were they all fretful? Did he collect sna- uh, snake? In fact, they were all begging, say, collect me now, collect me now. And all of them did. Very dangerous ones and the ones that are good, they were subject to him. That's Noah. And we know how that generation ended. Brethren, we must dare to be different. You didn't say an amen. Maybe you are not planning that. You must decide to stand out. 
That's why God called us here. Let's look at David, 1 Kings chapter 9. If you see chapter 9, let's bring chapter 4, I mean verse 4. Verse 4. And if thou will walk before me, as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. Now, did you notice here, David, I mean, uh, uh, he was told to walk in integrity of what? Why heart? That's where God is looking for integrity. In the hearts. Do you know? We're all in the church now. It's very easy to do what is right. Is it also? Hello? Am I right? Something will tell you we're in the church. Better behave yourself. And you behave yourself. You say, hey, this is a wonderful brother. But as that is going on, where is God looking at? The heart. If you remember, Moses, he struck the rock and water came out. As people looked at him, what were they saying? Man of God. Man of God. In fact, some of the women would have wished that that's my son. <laughs> what was the record of heaven? No integrity. Failure. God checks our hearts. Hello, as you are seated here. If you like, pretend to be very spiritual. That's not where God is looking at. Where is he looking at? The heart. The heart that was in the secret when no more, nobody was there. What did this heart do? So he says, if you will walk in, walk in integrity of heart and upright, uprightness. Now, we are going to be explaining these two words. Maybe with Job, as we conclude, note these two words. Now, the word integrity does not occur in the New Testament, but its equivalent may be seen in sincerity, in truth, the pure of heart, the single eye, and so on and so forth. To be sincere and genuine is fundamentally a true character. To be sincere in the heart, even if you have made a mistake, let it be what your heart has done. Because that is where God checks. It's not what we say with our mouth that God is looking at. He looks at, are you pressing on in integrity? Are you pressing on in sincerity? Are you? That's a problem. And Jesus did not use the word integrity in the whole New Testament. 
Instead, he called, referred to it like purity of heart. Matthew 5, 8. If somebody opens it quickly. He also called it singleness of purpose. Matthew 6, 22. And purity of motive. Now, motive is that you are doing. What is the motive behind it? This is what Jesus called them. Has somebody seen Matthew? Yes. Happy are those whose hearts are pure, for they shall see God. They shall see God. So when my heart is not pure, will you ever see God? No. That's integrity. Now, what is it? Matthew 6, 22. Yes, sir. If your eye is pure, mm-hmm. there will be sunshine in your soul. Uh-huh. There will be sunshine in your soul. King James said, read it from King James. The lamp of the body is the eye. Mm-hmm. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If it is good. Alright. If, my own says, if therefore thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. When you have time, when you go read Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 to 6. Now, a common expression is to walk in integrity. Now, when you are told to walk in integrity, it's indicating a habitual manner of life. It's your life. People can be sure. People can trust what you have said. Even you yourself can trust what you have said. But you know that sometimes we know that what we have said is not what our heart is saying. Now, when people live in integrity, this is some of the things that the Lord will do for such lives. He will pro- protect those who walk in it. There will be protection. Are you hearing me? He makes sure that he protects those that walk in honesty, in integrity, that are upright. Proverbs 2 7. He laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. Uh uh. Is a buckler to them that walk. Uprightly, yes. He is a buckler, he is a protector. Do you remember? Was Joseph upright in Egypt? Eh? Sure. In his master's house, was he upright? Did you notice? We say, don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back to Egypt. But Joseph was sold as a slave to Egypt. And in the master's house, because of his uprightness, he said, the Lord was with him. Did you remember when the, the madam of the house wanted to lay hold on him? The uprightness of his heart could not allow him. He rather ran away naked. And he knew the implication. Did he know the implication? Because the madam had evidence. Evidence is what convicts. Is it also? He knew where he was going to end up, but he chose. Say, how can I do this great wickedness against my God? When he was thrown into the prison, did God go in there? May God follow you. May God follow you wherever you are found. In the name of Jesus Christ. Do you remember from prison back to where? Palace of Wohu. Pharaoh is not supposed to be found there. And he became a minister there. A prime minister. Because of this word. Because of this. Now, number two. Their security is assured. 
Anybody that works in uprightness, in sincerity, your security is assured. When you have time, you read Proverbs 7, 28, uh, chapter 28 and verse 18. He is prosperity, I mean, integrity is a trustworthy guide for living. Can we look at Proverbs 11, 3? The integrity of the upright will guide them, uh-huh. but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Uh-huh. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Now listen, is the word of God we are bringing, is it not so? Uh-huh. You know, sometimes we think we are smart. Yes, but note that that's perverseness. And it will destroy. So, integrity guides a life. Integrity puts you on the path that God values. Integrity attracts God to a life. Now, for that, let's see, it is better than wealth. Integrity is better than wealth. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 19 verse 1. Are you noting these things? Huh? Integrity is better than what? Wealth. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 1. I'll read. Better is a poor that works in his integrity. Than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Message Bible. Better to be poor and honest than a rich person no one can trust. I don't know if this makes sense to you. Does it make sense? Which one will you choose? Which one will you choose? You want to be rich. That's a problem. <laughs> That's the truth. Let's face the truth. You want to make money by all means. Uh, but you have the money. No one can trust you. That means that even God has left you a long time. The end of that person is what? Destruction. So is it not better to be poor and honest? This one is touching many people here now. Before I make further comment, 28 verse 6, the same Proverbs. 28 verse 6. Better is a poor that works in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Message Bible. It is better to be poor and direct than rich and crooked. Did he say, did you see here that somebody that has integrity cannot be rich? Eh? No. I want you to note it. When that your wealth is stemmed out of crooked means, instead of having that kind of wealth, it's better to be what? And direct and honest. Because God is with you. When God is with you in integrity, are you poor? No. No. If you say, what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world crookedly. I'm the one adding that one now. Out of integrity. 
the whole world belongs to you. Okay, the whole of Enugu. Who would like that? Young man. Everything in Enugu is your own. Will you not like it? Eh? They are looking at me now. Everything in Enugu, not the whole world. Say, what shall it profit him if he loses his soul in hell? It's better to be poor. Do you remember Lazarus? Was he poor? Eh? In that his condition that was so bad, he, he had integrity. And I was wondering why God didn't heal him. Up. Somebody that got tired of driving away flies from his body. Somebody that could not drive dogs again from his body became food for dogs. When they are, when he's lying down, the dogs will be licking and licking and licking. And he couldn't drive them away. Yet in that, what was he? Upright. When he now go to heaven, was he having, uh, was he having those wounds again? Were flies there again? What about the rich man? Do you notice that these two people, they left everything. The rich man didn't carry anything as he died. Did they carry anything? No man can carry any wealth when you die. So even if you own the whole of Enugu now and you die, what will be in your hand? Even if you place anything in your hand, will you be able to hold it? No. Everything is left behind. And the poor man that didn't have anything, he also died. Everything is left behind. That is why it's better to be poor and honest and go to heaven than to be rich and crooked and at the end you leave everything here. Do you know you will never wake up as people are, you know people can waste what you have gathered. Will you be able to wake up and say, what are you doing there? Will you stop that? Can you see a man like that? Everything is left behind. You cannot because of wealth and miss heaven. You cannot because of academic certificate and miss heaven. You cannot because you want to pass. You, you, you sell the integrity of your life. You go and do things that you are not supposed to do as a Christian. And you collect that certificate and it goes with you for life. But the unfortunate thing is that when you die, that certificate does not go with you. Praise the Lord. Now finally, I'd like to stop with this Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Verse 1. Did you notice, he said there was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. Is he a story now? Huh? Rain story. They even told her the man's village. What's the name of his village? Uz. What was his name? Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. That man, Job, was a perfect man. So I thought that when they say somebody is perfect, that's enough. Is it not enough? Does it not sound good? When they say this man is a perfect man. Now, did you notice he said, and what? Upright. And upright. Why is it added? Why, why is it said that a man that is perfect and you are adding what? Upright. And in verse 8, the Lord even recognized that. He said, and the Lord said unto Satan, 
Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil? Did you see God telling Satan, Will you like God to introduce you to Satan? You are shaking your head. (laughs) Who was the problem for, who was the problem of Job? Was it Satan? God. God was proud of him. Say, did you see, as you were going around, did you see Job? It was an introduction. And I know why you will not want God to introduce you to Satan. <laughs> because of what happened to Job. Say no, how can? Do you know that Job never knew that he was being discussed in heaven? May you be discussed in heaven. You didn't say big amen. Did you notice that in the thing that came was Job, was Job standing on his integrity? Yes. When it's finished, you know, the devil was saying, eh, why Job is serving you? It's because you are giving him everything and all of that. You have protected him and all of it. Did you notice that several times the devil tried Job, he saw that the Job was protected. Did you notice that? What God was saying, he had tried Job severally, no way. God began to give him permission, level by level. And he remained in that integrity. When it was, you know, after the first attack, after the first attack in chapter 1, when everything finished and the children and the Bible said he fell down and worshipped God. I said, God, please, can you give me this kind heart? Can we pray that God will give us such a heart? What happened to him? Say, why this one was reporting? Why this one finished reporting? He was sick. Ah, all the animals that Why he yet another one came? Why he was another one came? The first one didn't finish. Show. Second one didn't finish the story. Finally, the other one said, all your children are God. Will you not commit suicide? He fell authorizing. When that happened, say so what is remaining now is only God, my father. He fell down and worship. Said, Thou hast given, thou hast taken, blessed be thine. Did you notice that the devil became angry and went away? And when he went back to the presence of God, he didn't talk about Job again. It was God who called him again. Did you not see Job? Ah, <laughs> uh, wait, oh, just God must help us. He said, "Okay, did I say okay? Touch him, body for body. Say, okay, don't do, go ahead, but don't touch his soul." And he inflicted a sickness that even doctors don't know the name of it now. That nobody could come to him where he was staying. Even the wife could not come in. Say, curse God and die. He remained in his sincerity to God. Did God restore to him? That's not what we are looking about. He remained with God, faithful. Faithful. So, what is integrity of heart and uprightness? I said, Job was a perfect man and upright. I like to look briefly on upright and we pray. My time is up. Uprightness. How many words are there? Up and what? Right. So what is uprightness? I like to explain it this way. That. Now, before we read, let's see, let's see. Message, verse 1. 
Job was a man who lived in us. He was honest inside and out. What is uprightness? Being honest how? And out. A man of his word. I want you to note it. A man of what? His word. Who was totally devoted to God and hated evil with a passion. When you totally, when you are totally devoted to God, your word will be your bond. You will have integrity of heart. So, King James said, he was upright. Unless inside and outside. That means that whatever anybody has heard him say, that's what his heart says. Am I right? Sure. Now, let me say something. Somebody can be downright. Somebody can also be up wrong. They are looking at me now. Note the word I'm using. Somebody can be downright. Somebody can be upright. Somebody can be down wrong. I'll try to explain the four now. Moses, for example, as he struck the rock and water came out, and the people saw him, and they were happy and praising God, was he up? No, he was up before the people. They were praising him. He was up. But down wrong. Down is in his heart he was wrong. I can as I'm standing here preaching now. If there's any secret in my life that is not correct, what am I? Up wrong. As you are looking at me, say, hey, this man has God's word. Is it also? But if my life is wrong, what am I? Up wrong. God is not interested in the up. So he is looking at my heart and my life. So, let me see. You see these people that are wearing this, my, the choir. Do you love them? Eh? Do they look angelic? Yes. If any of them is involved in immorality, what is the upward wrong? It's not upright. I want to tell the up as the things you do. It means that this one we see. It also means that the one God is seeing is also correct. Are you getting what I'm saying? When it is correct, as God sees you, as people are seeing you, you are upright. Are you born again? By God's grace. And you carry a badge. Is it not so? Believe it or not. I'm a child of God. And Second Timothy 2. And said. Nevertheless. The foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone that name the name of the Lord do what? And they say, I'm born again. I'm born again. And you are doing what is wrong. You are up as born again. 
But you are wrong. You are not upright. You are not honest. The summary is that you are not honest yourself. The person that is upright. The upright of the opposite of up, upright is down wrong. For me. Somebody that knows my life is not correct. And he says that before God. And stands and says, I need help. Is he upright? Huh? He's very sincere. Listen. He's very honest. He said, this is my life. It's not correct. Is he upright? Yes. It's upright. That's what God is looking for. The person will run for help. Do you know so many of you are here now. You know that something is wrong. You will never come up for help for prayers. And you are there. Are you upright? You are up down. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's a serious matter. That's why you come to church and you remain like that. No change. It's because you are not sincere to yourself. Did you notice that Job was making sacrifice in case the children have committed sin? Many of us will carry sin. We don't bother. We sit down. God will talk and talk through prophecy. You are still seated there. And you know inside you that your life is not correct. Integrity demands to say, this is how my life, I need help of God. Brethren, pray, pray for me. Is that person upright? Yes, that's the person God is looking for. As you pray this morning, I can't finish what I have here. But note, God is waiting for the honest, for the sincere person that will sincerely say, God, my secret life is not correct. I want to change from it. When you are sincere about it, God sees you as an upright person. And grace comes. Are you hearing me? That's when grace comes. But when you are, you are, you are, Secret life is not correct. You are covering it up. And then you stand and you are pretending to be righteous and to be, to be a, a man of God, a woman of God and everything. And you know that your secret life and personal life is not correct. As brethren are applauding you, what is heaven saying? You are finished. So as you pray now, Brethren, I don't know whether you have understood what I'm saying. Job was a perfect man and an upright. Was he upright? He was upright. Uprightness means being sincere. From the heart to yourself and to God. As God looks at you, he knows that what you are saying is... Uh, Right. Do you remember that young man, that rich woman, man that ran to God and knelt down and said, Sir, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Do you remember? First he ran. If you see somebody running like that, wouldn't you think that this person is serious? When he got to God, he knelt down. And what was he asking? Eternal life. God said, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And he said, all of this I have kept from my youth up. And God checked and said, saw that it was correct. God loved him. Is it not so? But he was upright wrong. And God was seeing it. Did you notice that? What did I say he was? He's only God. <laughs> God looks into their heart. He say you, but you lack one thing. Go and sell all you have. Give to the poor. Come and follow me. 
Did he do that? Did he know that something was wrong? The Bible says he went away sorrowful. Do you know my surprise? Number one, God loved him. As he was walking away, if it is me, I will call him back. Did you notice that God never called him back? Did you notice he took a decision that became the end of his life? He refused to see the inside and accept that something is wrong. I need help. Even God had helped him already. Yes, he rejected that help. May you not reject the help of God this morning. Let us pray. Anamachon Imaragin God is here. He knows your private life. He knows what is in your hearts. And He wants to help you. Will you be sincere to yourself this moment? Will you be honest to yourself this moment and say, God, I can now realize that I'm up wrong. Sinfulness of I will help you now to lay hold on them and say, no more. I must be upright. I must be upright. And God is here to help us this morning. If that young man accepted and said, yes, let me go and celebrate and I have, that would have been his uh, life. And God would have saved him. But did you notice that God never called him back? If you cannot be sincere to yourself, God won't call you as you are living. It's a choice you have made. But this morning I need you to tell yourself the truth. The truth that will set you free. Tell yourself, look, what I am doing here is wrong. And I have tried to stop, I cannot. God, I need your help. If that is your situation, we will pray for you this morning. And God will help you. It takes sincerity to say, brethren, pray for me. My life is not right. It's not right here. It's not right here. As you look at your life now, it will take honesty and sincerity uh, uh, to say, look at me. I am not right. Even though people do not know it, God, you know it, that I am not right. I am not upright. The church would like to pray for you as you raise your hand. If you realize that, wherever you are seated, honesty will cause you to raise your hand this morning and say, I need help. I need help. God bless that hand. In sincerity, what God has taught us has started now. God bless that hand. God knows when you are honest. And you may be here this morning too. The word of God has also gone out earlier and has made manifest clear. He said, you have refused to take this step. You are full of doubts. That may also be where your problem lies. Do you want to take this step now? Raise your hand where you also are. Creating me a new heart. Oh Lord, can you stand where you are and renew right spirit within me? If you are standing and you have no salvation, there is nothing to restore. If you are taking the step to believe God for once in your life and hand over your life to Him and tell Him, Father, I'm surrendering my life to you. Jesus, I want you to forgive me my sins and be my Lord and my Savior. 
raise your hand where you are as you are standing. Because there is no salvation to restore. And as you are raising that hand, please walk out here. You who are raising your hand. That is God's honesty working in you already. I need peace with God. I need a reconciliation. And that's when there can be a restoration and being of salvation. Those of us who are out there in the congregation, just put your hand on your chest. Father, we come to you. Repeat this word after me. Lord, our lives are not right. My life is not right. My life has not been consistent with you. It hasn't been sincere. You haven't found honesty. You haven't found integrity of heart. And Father, I have done wrong before you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I come to you in the sincerity of my heart and in the integrity of my heart. I present myself before you. Forgive me. Restore me. Lord, renew me. Bring back my joy of salvation and restore grace upon my life and let your favor be upon me as I lay aside every wickedness, every wrong, every secret sin, every double work, every double standard, every hypocrisy and the things that have held down my life. Lord, I confess and lay them aside. Thank you. As you forgive me, cleanse me, heal me, and restore me, and grant me the joy of salvation again. Thank you for hearing me. In Jesus' name I pray. Those of you in the congregation, you can sit down. And those who are out here, just also speak these words with me. The Bible says you believe with your heart unto righteousness. You confess with your mouth unto salvation. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord in sincerity, believing Him, taking the step of faith, shall be saved, delivered from his sins, live from the bondage that has held him, and embrace God. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. You came to die on the cross and raise again to save me from my sins. I'm sorry for my past life. I have wronged you. I have lived in my own way. But this morning, Father, I come to you. I surrender to you. I confess my past life and my past misgivings. And Lord Almighty, I look up unto you. Lord Jesus, May the price you paid on the cross of Calvary avail for me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my wrongs. And write my name in the book of life. And grant me a newness with you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And Father, as many as receive you, to them you give the power to be your children, who are born not by flesh, not by the will of man, not by human supposition, but by your own power. And Almighty God, as these ones make up their minds, pray this prayer sincerely and genuinely and consciously and willingly. Ask you in, Father, may the old things pass away in their lives in Jesus' name. May all things become new in the name of Jesus Christ. May your power be evident in them. The power to live life and the grace to say no to sin, to ungodliness and to every form of worldly lust and to live right, rightly and uprightly for you in this present world. Thank you as you do this in their lives and take the glory as they march from them onwards. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for leading us even through these words. Cause that our lives will look up to you in the name of Jesus. Cause that in a crooked and perverse generation in which we live, Father, 
we may shine forth as light. We may live blamelessly. We may live with integrity of heart, honest inside and out, with lives that are transparent before you, without hypocrisy, without guile, without malice, without evil speaking, and without any eye of ambition that does not justify with you. Father, search our hearts and us. Try our thoughts, O God. And Father, cause that our hearts and our thoughts and our motives will live right and for the day, take on the things that glorify you in the name of Jesus Christ. That henceforth to God, as we look down from heaven, you will introduce us even to those around, to the elements, not only to the devil, but to the world, to those whom we walk with, to interact with, and say, this is my beloved son, in whom I well pleased. This is my beloved daughter, who I have sent in your midst. Listen to him. Listen to her. Walk with him. Hear his word and see the light. And the light shine through the darkness and the crookedness of this generation. May that be a portion in the name of Jesus Christ. And may we be upheld of you in truth, in uprightness, being perfect with you, devoted to you, and fearing evil with a passion. And living every day in the light of your mercy, your word. Lies that are clear and clean and transparent. And lies that are patterned after you. In Jesus name we pray. Thank you Lord Almighty. As you renew your spirit within us. To live right. And help us O Lord each time. We are tempted even to the wrong. And we are bound to the evil. And the evil ones and the hidden ones. Father. Deliver us from them in the name of Jesus Christ. That whether in the day or in the night, in the evening, in the midday, Lord, as often as you look at our lives, you will see our lives devoid of iniquity. You will see our lives and our conscience free of offense towards you and towards man. You will see our lives as epitomes of Christ-likeness, walking and living here on earth. Lord, may this walk in us. To do unto will of your good pleasure. In Jesus name we pray.